And now, it's time to sit back and enjoy the Two True Freaks Internet Radio Broadcast. The Vault of Startling Monster Horror Tales of Terror! <laughs> Hello, my little simpering simians. I went to the theater to see tonight's movie without knowing anything about it, like I was supposed to. In the first five minutes, I realized, oh my god, it's my favorite kind of movie. Apes Gone Berserk. Everybody knows I've watched every single episode of Animals Gone Wild and even pitched my own pilot called Get Em! But... Unfortunately, it was not to be. Nah, I'm not gonna spoil anything. But if you're ready to get your monkey up on this one, it's, uh... Anyway, here's Nope. Hello, and welcome to the Vault of Startling Monster Horror Tales of Terror. I am Chris Tyler, a.k.a. the Hair Metal Hero, and I'm back for another amazing show to cover a relatively new flick. But I can't do it alone, so I have to have my wonderful cohorts with me. First, we have OG Two True Freak, Mr. Chris Honeywell. There you go, Gordy. Happy birthday. <laughs> <laughs> and moving along along your radio dial left on your radio dial we have Mr. Luke Jackanetti fucking CW <laughs> <laughs> continuing on your radio dial we have the other half of them Jackanetti boys them boys we got Mr. Jason Jackanetti Nobody fucks with Haywood, bitch! <laughs> okay. My alternate was, it's good, but it ain't Oprah. <laughs> it's funny, because I, I, I was going to be all metaphysical and shit with mine. I was about the one, but you, 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 you can't just take advantage of a predator. You got to make a deal with them. That's where I was going with this. <laughs> in, in case you can't yeah, tell. I was, yeah, my, yeah, my, ba my backup tell one Chris was Hansen actually... That. Yeah. See, my, my backup line was, how exquisitely stupid is that? Um, but why am I, well, I do have to say, why am I not surprised that, that uh, Honeywell went with the line involving an ape? I was That's just, oh, that was my oh. second choice was to, to go with one of the, the monkey lines about the six minutes and 13 <laughs> seconds of pure havoc. But uh, in case you can't tell from those quotes, <laughs> we are covering the latest Jordan Peele joint called Nope, which is only uh, not even a year old as the time yeah. for this recording. 
And yeah, uh, yeah we've, we've kind of been following his stuff ever since he started getting out there and breaking away from the Key and Peele comedy stuff. And uh, I think so far we've pretty much enjoyed what he's been putting out. So this was... We've, he's we were... at that phase where everybody's calling him the new. He's he's the new M Night Shyamalan. He's the new John Carpenter. Yeah, he's more Carpenter this than one... Shyamalan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank God. Yeah, his he's... movies don't suck, so he's yeah. got that going for him, yeah. <laughs> which is good. Shyamalan had a good run of like three mo- three movies. I think I think Shyamalan can be fine if he's not writing his own shit most of the time. But the, again, that's who knows. But yeah. that's neither here. But I mean, the, yeah, they, he. I think he picked up even some more new, the news more during. New shit. From this movie, yeah. Yeah, but, uh, yeah, so this, we're going to be talking about Nope, because, uh, yeah, it came out, and uh, I think like, we probably all had a similar experience with this one. I, you know, it was one of those ones. Unfortunately, I didn't get to see it in the theater. I, I wanted to go yeah, see it, and yeah. it's just, you know, still living in the somewhat pandemic times. It was just like, eh, do I really want to go to the movie? I do want to see it. It's like, Marion's like, that looks too scary for me to actually see in the theater. I'm like, I kind of want to wait till that's at home. Yeah, so I mean, can watch with the lights I, on. I was like, that's fine. Um, but yeah, so as soon as this thing hit hit streaming, yeah, I jumped right on it. And, and I remember it because it was Labor Day weekend, the Monday of Labor Day weekend when I watched it. And then I tested positive for COVID the next day. So it's like, yep, I remember. <laughs> There nope. you go. <laughs> Memories. A, yeah. I mean, I was kind of in a similar boat because I remember seeing the trailer for this when I think I saw the trailer for this when my friend Adam and I went and saw Morbius. If I had to venture a guess. So you were um, the one first guy. Tra- and the, the first trailer was at the Super Bowl yeah. and then that real trailer came out. So Morbius would have been probably exactly right. That's yeah. probably exactly what it is. So, yeah. and I remember that the thing I remember about this is thinking, is just looking at that and, you know, it, it's, it's funny because, you know, um, just it, immediately you kind of understand, like, it, it's, it's amazing. What I said to you guys after we watched it is I don't know what I was expecting because I didn't read anything about it. I tried to stay, I tried to stay in the dark Me too. for a lot of these, just so I have some, you know, something. And I, I, so I had no idea what the movie was about. And I've said this in our, in our group chat. I said, I don't know what I was expecting, but it was not that. So, I, and I, no. and I and meant I, that in, in a very good I way. This, this I don't know how really you could expect that. Out, out of, to me, it comes out of nowhere. You know, well, I don't know what to expect, but it was, I wasn't expecting what we got. It's, it's marketed like, it's marketed almost like the happening, which is not something you want to, you know, back to Shyamalan. And it's like maybe is it aliens? It kind of looks like aliens. Is it aliens? And then you don't, you're not really sure. And it's like he just Jordan well, Peele just just takes like the most random stuff that you think wouldn't work, and he just the, ties the, ties it into whatever theme he's going for. And it just yeah yeah. And I mean, it's kind of a slow burn, but man, it's when it's punctuated by the you know, the dick kick stuff that happens and it. it's like, ooh, it, his stuff hits when it fucking hits. Like, and he's I, you get he's sucked good in. at the dick kick punctuation. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And there's a lot in this. So you think they, you know, you think you saw it all and then it's like, nope, here's some more. Well, here's some I, more. I should, before we get any further, I should say anybody who hasn't seen it yet should probably, oh, yes. not, should probably yeah, stop now before you get spoiled yeah. because yeah, this isn't just, just a, spoiling like crazy. Yeah, this isn't a, this this isn't a random cheesy you, slasher. You don't want that. Yeah, you oh, don't want yeah. that. And it's new enough that there's probably people who haven't seen it yet. Don't listen to us before seeing it. Just go see it and yeah. come back. 
But like when I saw the yeah, trailer, especially since you've already downloaded, so we got the download anyway. So if you want to go ahead right. and delete it and download the show again, right. yeah, well, you can do that. That's the best. That's the that's just the keep downloading screen. every day. It's free. It's free. I see nothing but time. Yeah. If you if you if you could hire a few you know few thousand bots to download it, that no, would be. No, we don't want to go say, there. Yeah, bots are cheap nowadays. Yeah, the Russians are looking to raise funds, so bots are the prices are reasonable. No, once the sex bots are cheap, that's that's when I'll. Oh Jesus! Anyway, anyway, I I saw the trailer and I'm like, oh okay, there's a lot of like UFO story signifiers in it. You're seeing like power go down, and if you're a UFO head, you're just like, oh yes, the electromagnetic field of the UFO will even turn a car engine off, and. And you're watching it, and you—they even show you uh, that that one shot, you know, where he's just sort of where the where the creature just sort of skulking away at night, and, but like it moves in a very un UFO sort of way. But mm-hmm. it looks like a UFO, and it looks, but it looks like it's a dream, or it could and, be a hallucination or, or a fantasy sequence. Yeah. And I was like, okay, so this is somehow tangentially about ufos but i know it's jordan peele but like when i watch the trailers again i'm like oh it's all in there in the trailer but you just you, you uh, just again, can't get it you can't yeah. get it until you've seen this was my second viewing and i really liked it a lot the the first time and now i love it i, I like a lot of the things that i would have said well like if i had to name a weakness of this movie like got pretty much obliterated in this one you know just because once i knew the what the premise of it was and where it was going and stuff then you can start seeing like stuff that i thought was just like him throwing everything up against the wall yeah but it's really not it it doesn't it ties right in and it's like okay of course they're horse farmers because they're not going to be able to use any mechanical equipment at the end of the movie so they have the analog means to actually do what they need to do the, the movie why? went by faster the second time the movie went by faster and smoother the second time which is very unusual it's but i thought it would lag a little at the end when it just came down to like okay we figured everything out we're in the chase and title i thought i would get a little bored during then but no it just like yeah. it had me hooked all the way you know all the way through the two hours plus like it was nothing yeah, yeah, see, yeah. I, I'm, I'm, I'm a huge fan of this movie. <laughs> yeah, I, I just, every time he puts something out, it's like, yeah, I, I need to see it. But he does, he does the, he rope dopes the way that you should do a rope dope in a movie. It's like, okay, why are we getting this cut back to a small child underneath the table with blood all over the place? Right. Oh, that's why. And you find out about halfway through the, and it's just everything just comes together. Yeah. You know, because. I mean, at this point, if somebody's still listening, then like, let's just spoil away. It's like it, it is an alien. It, it is a UFO, but it's a living UFO. It's an apex predator, and the whole thing about uh, just uh, nature and, and humanity, you know, because you have the monkey going crazy, and that's just something that, at the end of the day, you can't really control. That if a wild animal wants to be wild, it's going to be wild, and this thing is. It's it's an animal with intelligence and it's hunting and well, you know you just you have to know the rules of engagement with a with a wild animal. <laughs> and and that's yeah and that's the thing is the whole thing with the monkey was all about Jupe not understanding what happened there. 
yep. you know, in that situation. Like, and, and I realize that this time when the monkey comes over to give him the fist bump, I realize the monkey can't see his face because the lights are behind the monkey. It's hitting that. All the monkey yep. can see is the edge of the thing. He can see through it because the light's coming through. So he can see the monkey. The monkey doesn't see his face. And so, like, he doesn't perceive him as a threat and stuff, but he just thinks it's this moment of the of recognition between him and the monkey, and you know, yeah. almost a religious thing. And it and it and and he misinterprets it all. Whereas yeah. OJ, to, to the OJ, point when his, he figures out yeah. it's an animal, he's like, okay, it's an animal, and it's an intelligent animal. We can work with you know. We can work with this. You know. Now all yeah. of a sudden, and and like the, and you know, OJ OJ basically saves a farm, and and Jupe get, invites all his family and friends to get sucked up into the gut of the. Yep. Yeah. Well, I mean, he's jacket. buying he's buying the horses from the from the farm just to keep the thing around and have a have a show to show people. It's like, oh, you 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 poor bastard, you idiot! Like you just. You just don't understand. It's just, oh god, yeah. It's, it, oh yeah, and then ugh. there's like the scene the second time watching it when you know what's going on when he goes, yeah, I was thinking about buying some of the horses back. You think we could do that? And he's like, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and that's probably why he doesn't fuck with them that much when they see he's stolen their horses and they and she just like just bluffs him, just going, oh yeah, where'd you get yours? <laughs> and he was yeah. probably just like, I'm not gonna fuck with them because like. Oh, I've already killed all their horses. Yeah, you know. Oh, it, I, the the thing also that I liked about this is that, and uh, Hero, you mentioned Key and Peele, and what I like about this, and all in fact all of his movies, is that there's still always a little bit of humor, right? Just enough, yeah. Just real, enough real that humor. It, it does it does bring you down a little bit. It does cut the tension a little bit, so you can ratchet it back up talking about jupe when jupe's kids come and fuck with oj with the grays masks yes that creepy that is fuck out. that is brilliant because the first time yes. you're watching it you're like are we really fucking doing this yeah which is exactly what oj's thinking now at the yeah. same time you know i think he and, says something to, to that effect you know sort of to, yeah, yeah but, uh, what i love then, about uh, but, that but, scene then, yeah, but then using okay. that for a comic relief is, you know, it 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 hits really well. You know, a lot of times in and and you know, not not I'm not saying that uh, he's a schlock director because he's not, but a lot of times in in schlockier movies like that, it's comedy, right, with a capital K and three exclamation points. Jay right. knows what I mean by that, and, it, and it's it's awkward and stupid and not funny. It's here, it it does its job very well, and it does break the tension so that you're right back in when the weird shit starts happening yeah. again and that's actual yeah. weird shit as opposed to that you know yeah. and, and and his weird oh. shit like unlike shamalam and ding dong it's <laughs> who who does it sometimes you know sometimes i mean like with the as he started out he had a bunch of good ideas and then when he was like i have to do this you would get these they you know they were almost like novelties which makes them more like you know um oh uh william castle or something like yeah. that you know and, but but I mean Jordan Peele's weird stuff is more weird on the level of like Stanley Kubrick of like we're we're like wait what the fuck is going on right now, you know you're you're in a sort of state of shock, 
because you saw what the preview of this movie was. It's about a black family and on the in a UFO on a horse farm and then we're starting it out with the with a 80s TV show monkey you know monkey gone wrong scene that we don't really know exactly yeah. how Mari that, even that's said, is this the right fucking movie I was like yeah, right exactly sure. exactly and then there's there's also just random shots of 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 um Juke, Jupe's face as a you know the the kid with the blood on his face you know just for a couple seconds and stuff that's kind of you know oh this is they're being avant-garde or weird and stuff but you know it, it is all there for for a reason you know it's all been thought out and and meticulously crafted and the humor like at first like when you just have oj and what's his sister's name m m emerald and and emerald and and they're um and she's sort of the comedy relief but she's kind of annoying and she's kind of you know you're kind of looking at her through oj's eyes of like jesus christ just give it a break and stuff but once they put angel in angel all of a sudden his humor is just sort of light enough in there to make all the humor work in it and all the the humor with all the other characters start it, it like cuts his character like cuts a certain amount of tension and and that's where like the the good humor and, and then when you add the cinematographer yeah uh, and it's yeah. just like of Pulse. course there's a guy like this in the movie and of of course his downfall he's, is going to be he's a own, real guy Rick, who, his I, own kubrickian style of perfectionism I have a new take on it because I was pissed off at him the first time I watched it because I'm like, this guy's because like when I'm as soon as his character was introduced, I was like, this is a this is a real guy. This is a real jaded. This is how a jaded when they had him on the movie set. I'm like, okay, he's your standard jaded guy. But then when they had him in his editing bay and his nice like nice house somewhere that's all landscaped and stuff i'm like oh my god this guy is is the real thing he's like a 50-year career sort of guy smokes a million cigarettes and has that voice that i couldn't do for more than two words without like having a coughing and hacking fit (laughs) and he's just perfect and then at the end he blows it really by by just sort of like sack like i'm like no man he's being totally selfish in the like for him to be selfish would be to pull off that shot instead of like having the camera go up into the thing and have it just all be for him that wouldn't be that's not how a filmmaker works he wants that that film to be out there so he's set but then i was thinking about it and i'm like you know what that film's probably fine You know, when when Jean Jacket bursts his bellows and goes down, he it's a it's a nice sight. He's coming down like a, a, a you know, some laundry in the in the wind. You know, that camera's probably like that. Yeah, they could probably save the film from that. And he was probably like, fuck it. I'm old. <laughs> <laughs> the, they'll get the, And even if it did eat him, it would probably just spit it. You know, they'd probably come and just spit it down on the roof of the farmhouse. So he probably like had already figured out that probably like yeah <laughs> this could be you know i could get a video i could get some fil- footage of it but i could also get footage of what the inside looks of it <laughs> like too yeah. and how it works and uh yeah i 
Oh my god. I mean, all all the characters really ring true. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, you know, um, this this is going to sound a little weird, but you know, Jay and I, um, a couple of years ago, we did all the movies on Earth Destruction Directive. We did all the movies of the MonsterVerse, leading mm-hmm. up to uh, Godzilla vs. Kong, yeah. right? And we talked about Godzilla, you know, the Gareth Edwards Godzilla, and the whole complaint about the main character not being Brian Cranston, and you know, right. be the main character being, um, I'm blanking on his name now. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, yeah. Um, not Brian Cranston guy. Not, it's, yeah. It's, and I know his name and I can see his face and I'm, I'm, I don't have it written down. Isn't it, isn't it Aaron Taylor or whatever Aaron it's Taylor, Aaron Taylor Johnson. Aaron Taylor Johnson. Yeah. A, yeah. ATJ. And, uh, I remember the, the discussion that Jay and I had is that, you know, sometimes we, we watch a movie and we want the interesting character to be, the main everybody character, loves but that doesn't Brian always Cranston necessarily. Right now. I'm sorry. Everybody loves Brian Cranston right now too. He's sort well, of like he get his career coming off Breaking Bad and stuff. So like yeah, people are but, interested in seeing him, but. But the, you know what what the discussion was is that you know sometimes you need, the character that needs to be the main character is a character that maybe doesn't seem as interesting, and OJ is mm-hmm. a very kind of straightforward. He's a square in the old-fashioned sense, right? He says what he means. He does what he says, you know. Whereas compared to his dad or Emerald, he's not as big a personality. Kind of mm-hmm. like what we were saying about Aaron, Aaron Taylor Johnson and Godzilla. He was the right character, I thought, to lead that film. That's the same with OJ. OJ yeah, is yeah. a very, like I said, we all know guys, and it's usually guys. We all know guys like that. They do their job. You know, they'll, they'll talk to you if you want to talk to them. But mostly, hey, you know. To do the work, but you know? if they if they have something to say, they'll sit there and suss out in their mind how to say it in the the most direct fashion. They'll say it and then they'll just shut up again. And I think OJ yeah. was also like depressed over his father's death and like sort of like the you know now that my dad's not here, this might not be the life. So he was just kind of in a funk. And his sisters, I mean. His sister's sort of representing the way everybody has to be right now, which is constantly having five different things going to plug all the time. And yes. and like and like we're there on the film set, we're cringing with OJ. We're sitting yeah. there when she comes in and she goes, I also do catering, I can do some sewing, and we're all just like, Oh man, have some dignity, you know? But then you see all the people that she's talking to, they're all like because they're do they're all doing the same thing, so like, yes. you know, and they she's speaking their language and she's speaking the language of survival of like you know this is we have to I mean the movie the the whole thing about like me, media and the movie it's just over and over. There's that one scene where um, Angel's back at the at the at the shop and he's watch he's watching their video fries which i love i love fries fries of all places he's he's watching the video and and we're watching him watch the video and then we're watching the girl who might his co-worker might have a crush on him just sitting there like like a viewer with her potato chips eating her potato (laughs) chips and watching him and i'm thinking this movie is all that and the monster's a big camera thing and and one thing that I love ab- about movie movies is you'll have a scene with a f- with a full you know set 
set up with the cameraman and everybody out and everybody out and then you know behind it is another bigger setup yeah, bigger set to, for that setup and you're watching it's like the time travel explanation from uh escape from planet yeah, of the apes right it's a hall of mirrors yeah it's it's and it's all through this movie but it's not like like nowadays nobody else you know there's very few directors that know how to do it without pummeling you in the face with it you know and and just sort of oliver stoning it to death oliver stoning a dead horse (laughs) oh man uh, (laughs) all i I, all i can think is that guns and roses song sometimes Sometimes i feel feel like i'm Oliver stoning a dead horse I was on Use Your Illusion 28, wasn't it, Jay? I think you know, one of the, 28 one of the or 29, ones. one of those. So coming into this movie, uh, Jordan Peele was very concerned about. Um, he had said he was. Uh, he had publicly said he was very concerned about the future of cinema. Um, coming off of coming off of um, the pandemic, and and were were, were movies going to exist in the way they were never going to exist the same way they had but would would the cinema itself be able to um, exist in a way that people would actually want to go and spend time and money going to the movies themselves so what he said was when he's because remember he did not direct um, the new Candyman he he was the executive producer and involved in that um, when what he had said was, he goes, well, you know, my next film, I really want to make sure that I, people understand the spectacle of going to the movies and the, the, the spectacle that it used to be. And so he said was he was looking at movies and this is the list he, he, put, he put together. He said, 33's King Kong, Jurassic Park, Close Encounters of the Third Kind, Lot of Sign, Close Encounters. A lot of signs, yes. Signs and the Wizard of Oz, because those he felt were the perfect. um, They were he created those to be the best examples of the addiction to spectacle. um, That major themes were those made in the film. There are major themes of addicted to spectacle. Oh yeah, and he he wanted to make sure that people understood that when they would go see this movie, that. Those themes not only permeated the film, but were the driving factor to get people to go to actually enjoy a film. Now, there are other movies you can probably look to as well that clearly there was influence. To me, one of the biggest influences watching this movie is Jaws, um, just because basically that's what the the, the uh, you know that's that's what this is. I mean, this is this this movie has a lot of Jaws theme in it. But yeah. think about Jaws. Think about the, the idea that Jaws is, the, you know, people consider it to be the original blockbuster, the original whatever. You know, I think. But with Gene Jacket is Jaws. Like that's that's what it is. It's Except an apex. This time the 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 shark worked. <laughs> what I'm what I'm saying is though, but like like in 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 Jaws, right? Why does Jaws work so well? The movie works well. I mean, obviously, the acting's great and all that stuff. But because the, the shark didn't work, because the shark yeah. is hidden, because the shark is not there. And, but when the shark is there, it's very impactful. And as much as 
uh, you know, Jordan Peele didn't mention Jaws as being one of the influences for this spectacle by making Jean Jacket not out there constantly, by not right. by hiding it for most of the time until the very end. You literally hide her almost until the very end when you get to fully see the reveal of Jean Jacket, and you're like, "What are we even looking at? Yeah. Like, does this even make sense in what my brain is saying I should be seeing?" in an alien movie, in a apex predator movie, in a whatever movie. And it doesn't have to be just Jaws. I mean, the idea that like, but Jaws is the perfect example because it didn't work. That when when, when Jaws, the, the actual Bruce itself did not work, which allowed more tension to be built. And let's face it, people have tried to rip off Jaws millions of times, unsuccessfully. Because they just didn't understand what they were trying to rip off. Well, and the the ones the the ones that are the worst ones are where the sharks are doing the most stuff and and the you know the most active in the the story. But yeah, but what I meant by the shark works is by the time you see Jean Jacket, they like they put that creature through its you know when you finally figure out what it is and you're like oh it's a UFO that sucks up people, but then it sort of goes into its jellyfish mode. And you're yeah. seeing it's like, you know, it's it's threat threat mode and stuff, yeah. and it's right. but it's just completely, it's ob- it actually like I'm I'm of the belief that it's probably not an alien, that it's probably just something that has lived that they just they just figured out. Maybe they live in more remote areas, and for some reason, Jean Jacket got driven a little close too close to civilization or something. But uh, I'm saying- Okay, but, but like calling it an alien, meaning that it's something that is... You don't know what it is, yeah. We don't know what parts it of it that look, when you see it, it looks completely alien. And it's like, how, like you were saying earlier, how the fuck does this thing work? But at the same time, like there's stuff under sea, undersea stuff that you see that's very similar to that, that you're also like, how the fuck does that work? But it does work. Right. And you know that when they did the design of it, they probably have a whole... Mm-hmm. plan of how it works and and what's also great about it is they don't tell you everything about it you know nope. they know it so they can show it but they don't have to tell you everything about it and, and just take all the mystery away from it so if you but if you think about this like when when we when you go and like learn about stuff that lives on the ocean floor and stuff that like whatever that whole world is alien yeah. that whole world is alien to us yep. because it's so different than what we live in and so different than our experiences and so different than the creatures and the, and the animals and the, the, the stuff we see every day. Um, and I, that's, that's what I mean when I say, alien. I don't necessarily yeah. mean alien, like from the world, but I mean, this is so alien to us that it's hard for us to understand. But yet at the end of the day, you truly do understand. And, and this is why, and again, Luke made a really good point that OJ might seem to be the more quote unquote boring Quote, I don't mean that negatively, character movie, but he literally has to be the main guy because everyone else would be like, oh my God, what they're, they, the, the phrenic energy that they yeah. would put into it doesn't make sense. Whereas OJ is reserved and he's studied and he's like, okay, I understand animals. This is an animal. This and, is an- and he has a slow, slow burn. And by the end of the movie, he's showing a little more personality and he's, yeah. he's got a little confidence. He's, you know, joking around with his sister a little bit. And he's, when he got, when he, 
and when he figures it out, he's he's ready to act. You know, yeah. and he's like, "We'll do this, and we'll do this," and he does it. And and so it's it's a nice little nice little arc for him. And we don't need him. We don't need really. There's so much going on with the subtext of this that we don't need the characters to have radical life-changing arcs. We just need right. their arc to be within this little, this little yeah. story. You know, they don't have to, they don't have a long way to go in their, in, in with their characters. It's secondary to what's going on in this. Yeah. There's, there's enough with just the personal stuff going on. Yeah. It, yeah, there's it, no love story in this. Thank nope. God to, to to that would that would add nothing to it. You know, I'm glad we're past the days where it's just like every movie has to have a love story thrown in. I, I'm not opposed to love stories, but just having it as, you know, you can't have a hero without having somebody. You know, in in an '80s movie, it would have been it would have been Emerald and the an Angel would have would have. Yeah, and I I like that that to me there there is that as a viewer you get the idea that does angel kind of have a thing for emerald mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but you know emerald's not interested in him beyond hey go hook this stuff up and help us yeah. out but you know angel wouldn't be like if she wouldn't be first came to on it, to him he'd be totally into it kind of thing right oh, so, and and i'm sure she communicated to him that she wasn't into guys like within because she like when they when they go and this is something she does several times in the movie when she just barrels through and intimidates people is when they're and this is what i do this all the time a lot of people do this i'm sure when you're at the checkout and they're gonna try to get you to sign up for the card and he's like, do you have a, you know, do you have a, and she's like, nope. And we don't want one today. And he's like, okay, can I say it? Nope. <laughs> and she's just like one step ahead of him and just like, nope, let me just cut you off on that. Cut you off on that. Let's just get going, go and go. Okay, good. Bye. Yeah. Okay. And whatever she needs, she just does that like right through until she's got it, you know? And that, that runs through the whole movie too and ends up working to her advantage. So I just want to point this out because I know I don't want to forget this. Um, when you look at how, um, and again, we're, again, we're talking about Nope, obviously, but you can look at uh, anything Jordan Peele has made, um, you know, whether it be Us or um, uh, Get Out. Um, he purposely, again, this is, and, and good directors do this. I mean, you would see this from, from all different types of directors who actually understand what they're doing. Uh, he purposely puts things in that you might not obviously see at, at first and then you kind of realize at the end like wait a minute did that really like wait is this if you think about how the movie opens it opens of course with with the, the you know gordy going crazy right what sets gordy off if at in at, during the party that he goes crazy and kills him and he starts killing people the balloon popping right yep What's the end of this movie? A balloon the popping. Popping. It literally is fucking road sign that it's going to be there. Yeah. But you don't know it's there until the movie's over. And literally, that's when the why, that's started, why the second viewing is so glorious. <laughs> when the credits started rolling at the end of this movie, I go, "Holy fuck!" He road signed that, and I had no idea. Like again, who would have known? the The beginning of this movie is. So I just wanted to tell people this. And again, if you're still listening and you haven't seen it, fuck is wrong with you? 
Um, <laughs> the beginning See, of this movie, the, the 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 when Gordy goes crazy and, and starts attacking people, it is unnerving. Yes, at times. It, it's unset like and this is somebody well, who plays off that story of the woman who got her face ripped off and they directly yes. do it later in the movie they directly yes. put it in the movie and and yeah. they they vote i mean when you see him when you see him uh pun totally intended go ape and and just start you you realize oh my you know now like in another movie it might have been like we would have been it's like kind of funny or the but now we know a chimp can just like crush you up and they actually show him, you know, not super gorily, but, you know, the way it's shot is very tense and very brutal when he's just like tapping her foot. And then he goes back over and starts beating on her face some more. And there's ripping noises. It's it's savage. It's yeah. But, the, but instead of showing you blood, and guts and gore and like go over the top with it, doing it that way makes it so much more. To, like especially just look at especially, the shoe right but i'm saying but especially those of us who who are i mean gore hounds like i mean i i can watch bloody gory movie no big deal like nothing nothing phases me right nothing ever phases me that's why i always say to people it's no big deal nothing phases me nothing phases me which is why you know when something was like okay that made me take notice someone had to do something either either it's completely wrong which is not what's going on here or it's so well done that it, I don't say it's, it surprises me, but gets me like, oh, sh okay. Yeah. You, elicited yeah. A, you elicited a motion from me. Yeah. Like, that's you, hard you to got do. got my attention. Yeah. So, and then they pay it off later on where you actually get to see somewhat of the aftermath of what happened with the, yeah. the TV sibling, the TV sister who lived. And it's just like, yeah. oh, oh, oh. His, his course, tour through his museum of it the second time through is just so much more creepy. I don't know. He just seems more like you're just like, this guy is just damaged. He's stuck at Fun eight years old, you know? Functional but damaged. And they, they just illustrate so much about his life without, like, when, when between viewings of it, I thought there was a lot more of him and his family in it. But what it really was, was he just imparts so much information of the dynamics of their family in just little scenes and dialogue of his wife dressed up like, uh, you know, the, I can't remember the character from Toy Story, but, you know, the, Jesse. Jesse from she, Toy Story, and she's she's giving him the little giving him the little palm massage, and she's you can tell she's doing all the like she's doing all the like heavy lifting work, and he's the brains and the name behind the whole thing. But they have a really like she was probably like she was probably like a you know uh per, you know personal assistant or you know worked on a set because she has that like you know, movie set, you, you know, movie worker vibe to her. And it's all in just a couple scenes where she's running around the office and, and his mm -hmm. kids are, are also a little aspiring, you know, everybody's a, a aspiring celebrity, you know, his kids have an act built up. The, the, the mom is, is the, the brains behind the whole thing. It, it's, it's just, it's just brilliant. It's just like for doing so few movies, he just, I mean, 
but that's the thing is that this generation of filmmakers, which is our people like our age, we were we were brought up in a, where films were viewed, where watching movies, we were it was like a film school for our mind. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't think before that there were a lot of people, except for the few people like that grizzled guy in this movie, that were like, I want to be a filmmaker, you know. And in the 80s, I think I, I myself being one of them, you know, I think the Star Wars, that's the Star Wars, Jaws, Spielberg, Lucas era uh, made a whole generation of people who became like sort of like film students rather than just consumers of it and like jordan peele's already written and 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 crafted 50 movies in his head before he made his first movie because they're 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 made like you know the most masterful spielberg and and like hitchcock stuff where every frame is is all working in in service of the story and what he's trying to say and you can keep watching it and seeing it say other little things you know yeah. and and he sort of made his like the you know the, the um um the first two movies were very you know the themes were very much about race and stuff and this he put that like on the the bottom burner it's still in there and like you, you could you could have a discussion on OJ's relationship with his horses, you know, yep. and, uh, and and stuff like that. But that's the that's the sub subtext to it. <laughs> but he knows what he wants to say with it, and he puts every single thing. And he also knows that when he's setting up scenes, how how to build into them, and how to just have. Little, little details that like you you most and he's gotten to the level of success where he's given enough money and time and leeway where he can like you know that that whole western rodeo you know set and you know when they when he's got the horse in the glass but yeah. just the added details like the little misters like the misters everywhere putting out the cheesy mist because it's like 107 degrees seven degrees in the shade there most of the time is a detail that probably would not end up in most movies you know right the the, the other thing oh sorry i'll be go oh no that's that you know it, he it's it's i i i think that you know we have plenty of great movies coming out nowadays but they're just from a small number of people <laughs> yeah but but we got Jordan Peele now. Like, it's it's good to have somebody to like look for. You Be know, excited I about, mean, yeah. that's why I think he gets compared to John Carpenter because I think I think Get Out was was pretty John Carpenter like in execution and stuff. But I think now just horror people are comparing him to John Carpenter because it's like. I can get excited when a new Jordan Peele movie comes out now. <laughs> yeah. Same way I got excited when a new John Carpenter movie was coming out, like legitimately. And that's that's a great thing, you know? Yeah, it's like I, I, I almost want to call him an auteur because he is kind of doing everything himself. But there's definitely some auteur tropes or trappings to his directing style. But it also, it seems like this is also, you know, studio 
filmmaking as well. It's not just the. Uh, you this know, movie I, especially is super. I mean, I he purposely, you know, he went big on he went big on it, and you know, and not only not just bit not as much big on special effects, but big as in sweeping shots. Oh yeah, I mean the and, landscape is I mean, it's, doing it's, half it's, the work. Very, as we've said, it's it's a very Hollywood movie, but yeah. not. But even even beyond that, even the simple fact, it's you know. Haywood Hollywood horses. There's a whole. I mean, because uh, Emerald yeah, talks about it, you know the first the first motion picture was an African American man riding a horse and all that. But even divorced from that, you know, if you're a, a student of film, you understand the importance of horses to Hollywood, and yeah. that if not for the huge number of horses and horse riders in Hollywood in the early days of Hollywood, it wouldn't exist in the form it's in now. Nope. You know that that's always the story that um oh i'm trying to remember what movie it was that basically it was um it was when they had gone and they were making a was it how the west was one I'm, I'm blanking on it right now but basically it was a it was a huge western that had after, when westerns had gone passe in hollywood and basically the call went out to hey all the old hollywood stuntmen all the guys that could do horse falls mm-hmm. you know they recruited like all of them for this because it must have been how the west was won because that was the one that I, I, was in uh, yeah. uh three strip um cinemascope yep. right yep, um yep. or cinerama excuse me not yep. cinemascope yep. and and so it's the idea that the importance of horses to hollywood and the horse farms in the hollywood hills that produced all these horses and the riders and handlers that handled these animals and so that alone is is an old hollywood sort of thing and that that's a great that's what drew me into this film more than anything else honestly was I mean, the, the horses idea of, are kind of like Hollywood, practical effects it, yeah, <laughs> oh, it's, yeah it's that that type of practical hands-on stuff and you know chris you were saying that you know you, you hesitate to label them an auteur one thing to me that kind of sets them apart from the pejorative way that we use the word auteur yeah jay you mentioned it he collaborates with people oh yeah you know we talked about the new word, the 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 set, you know, Candyman 2021, that yeah. he didn't direct it, but his, you know, his handprints are all over that. Oh, but it's not, yeah. it's but it's not his movie, right? There's other parts of it that are clearly, you know, from yeah. the other creative people involved. It reminds an auteur like, normally one says, well, they're not they're not going to work with somebody, you know, an auteur is going to do their own thing, whereas Peel can seem to work in either either uh, aspect. He's he's not a Hitchcock auteur. He's a he's a He's more like a John Carpenter auteur, which John Carpenter had a vi- right. wanted his vision, but he was, I mean, filmmaking is it's just collaborative. You you get like there's auteur, like the, the auteur gets a bad name because people just associate it with the like control freak directors, but uh, at the same time, like I don't know why it's negative because. Hitchcock was a control freak director. He was a big pain in the ass to everybody, but his movies are great. Orson Welles, you know, stuff like that. Ego, ego directors. But I don't think if 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 Jordan Peele had, I mean, you, if you're gonna be making movies, if you're gonna be in the business he's in, you gotta have some sort of functioning, healthy ego to do it. But I don't think he had the same kind of ego. And I think you know, like Hitchcock had like some like neurosis <laughs> stuff like that attached to it but i think a lot of and i also think technology 
has made filmmaking an easier project than it was, you know, like camera, like cameras and light, you, you know, we've cut the like literal tons of weight of stuff that you got to haul around. You can do complicated shots with like, you can do shots with drones that you would have to get a whole crane for, you know, and stuff like that. So it's so, and it's become this like streamlined process. So you don't have to, you know, it's not, you can put more of the control into your story and stuff because you don't have to also control a lot of the just physical, you still do have to, it's still I'm sure hell on earth on every movie set, but it's less, less so. And I think you have a bunch of, and I also think the old auteurs were in that time when not everybody wanted to be a filmmaker and it was sort of like this magic they were like, you know, they were like magicians. They were like these, they're like Einstein. They're like geniuses of movies. And people were just like, I want to, you know, I, I want to, I want to see the geniuses work. And now everybody else is like, I want to study the genius and make my own, make my own movies now, you know? I mean, that's sort of part of the theme of, 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 uh, of this movie too. Yeah. So, uh, one of it can just, one of the things that, again, we, and we, I know we've, we've talked all about this stuff here, is, is you look at when, when you consider like how Carpenter, for those of you who know your history, how Carpenter had to like, you know, after Halloween, how, what kind of movies he was being offered and the deals he had to make and like the agreements he was doing and stuff like that. And you look at someone like that and, and you know, people say, well, you know, but John Carpenter wrote this music and this, and then you listen to why Carpenter did those things. I mean, he is, he is a musician. Like I'm not, I'm not taking anything away from him, but he said, he goes, I didn't have any money. Yeah. I just didn't have any yeah. money and I can do it myself. And I knew how to do this and I knew it would fit. And, and I and, can make like, what I wanted. Right. But when you look back at early Carpenter films, especially the ones where he's doing the full score and the music and stuff involved, it is so important to those movies because mm -hmm. no one else was doing that at the time, right? But then you get to like the thing, right? Which I mean, let's let's call a spade a spade. The thing was a flop when it came out, but like he was able to then collaborate with other people, and you started seeing his influences. People said, "Well, well, we want to make it like Carpenter did. Why? Because this thing was." He created something that's there. Now, Jordan Peele is, is certainly not doing the musical score for his movies and stuff, but he knows full well that this is not what I do well. So if this is not what I do well, let me get someone who is going to lend, whether right. it be the soundscapes, the music, the whatever. They're not cutting corners. And 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 that's that's I think that's important for people to kind of understand and maybe. Um, it's hard because we were the money that we talk about for movies now and the money you talk about in 1978 and 79 and 80 is, is, is all different, very, very different anyway. The, 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 when you look at a movie and, and, and I'm thinking like, you know, Disney, Marvel kind of stuff, it's all on the screen. Like, like there's, there's action adventure, whatever, all that, all that stuff's on the screen. Like the thing costs, you know, $700 million to make no shit. Like it's all on the screen. When you're looking here, 
and again, not to take away from the sets and the design and all that stuff, but literally where they're filming this in California, right, where they're filming this, nature is such a, I mean, because those are real, that's the real hills, the real everything. Yep. They, they made sure whoever did their scouting said, this is what we need. Now, whether that's Jordan Peele or his a crew or whoever else is doing it, I don't know because I wasn't there with them, but whoever said that, like, we need nature to be a character in this movie. And if you look at just the, 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 um, the physical layout of the, of the, um, the, um, the ranch and like, even when you like the valley and the way the mountains are like everything there, whether it's digitally touched up or not, that is a character in this movie. Yeah. Plus the environment in which jean jacket has to hide because it's hiding in plain sight, right? It's literally hiding right in front of you. You just can't see it. That is part of the character. And then when you take the scenes where you go inside, you're inside the house, when you're inside the studio, when you're inside the, the um, um, what do you call it? Ricky's office, right? When you're inside those things, right? When you're in there, those smaller places still need to feel realistic and at the same time, not completely opposite what you don't know, think like it has to be like i literally it's it feels re everything feels real no if you've ever and, been out west it, it feels everything feels like stuff you would find like yeah. <coughs> like that 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 old farmhouse in the middle of nowhere there right. is is just a perfect you know sort of thing that you would find there that's you know that was built back Back in the old, you know, when his father was a young man, you know, and that was the kind of architecture they would build there, and it's just set. And 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 then the the old West Town is, and his like that office when you go inside, it it just appears like it's been lived and worked in for you know like a few years. You know, it looks like a working. Right. Yeah, and then but even Jay, you know, you're saying that you know using. The, the where they are in California as the set. Yeah. Again, that that's Bronson Canyon, right? I mean, yep. they made a lot of westerns because they had a lot right. of horses and they had all this area that looked like the old west still. Yeah. I mean, that, yeah. that, that was one of the reasons why the film industry ended up in California. You know, yeah, instead the, of the, that there were smaller film production houses back east that didn't have the variety and uh, ability to shoot on locations yeah. like they did in California. Or, yeah. yeah, spectacular wilderness within yeah. driving distance of all of different types. <laughs> but but and, and what happens is, and this is exactly what Luke's talking about. When you go back and look at, at I mean, and and, that, and not just how the West was won, because that that movie, you know, again it has it's in it. When you go back and just look at old westerns, and even things shot on back lots and whatever, like they always had establishing shots because they had it available. They just went and filmed nature. And it allowed you, as someone who might have never been anywhere, see, again, remember, I mean, you look at like old, old, old Westerns, not everyone had wide open spaces yeah. to, you know, kind of thing. And they were like, well, yeah, this must be right. And what happened was those, those influences were seen as movies grew, as movies got bigger, 
and movies got bigger as things went to Cinemascope and uh, and what was the other one, Luke? Not Cinemascope, the other one. Well, Cinerama was the Cinerama. one that I said. There were not a lot of films. That that was the, the three-strip process, so not a lot of films. Yeah. But Todd A.O. and all the other large formats right. that started coming out in the 60s. Well, what happened there was you see they started, like, showing you that stuff. You know, it, they started – it wasn't – everything's not shot inside. Um, one of the things – and, and I, I don't mean to, to say that Jordan Peele is exactly like this. Um, but when you look at and, – and, and some people may know where I'm going here. When you look at what Quentin Tarantino does – and again, I know they're very different type of people and directors and whatever. When you look at the type of films he makes, when Tarantino the, – the, the stories he picks to make his films – he doesn't pick the same thing over and over and over again. Yeah. He makes different films because he's done that. The movie that what this what, what Nope reminded me of is Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Okay. For certain things. Oh, that would be a great double feature. There are certain scenes in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. I'm thinking about when when um, Brad Pitt comes on to the um, the old set where all the the like basically the like the Manson family's living kind of thing, yeah. right? You know, kind of thing, right? That's old Hollywood. Yeah. This yeah. is old Hollywood. Like it, the, 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 the connective tissue that's not there on purpose. I am certainly not saying that they're aping off each other. I'm certainly not, but that, that connective tissue yeah. that makes you as someone who appreciates film, if, if you're truly appreciate film and how films were made and how things were done, very different movies, very, very different movies. But you look at some of those things about the idea of the old Hollywood and now things are changing. And and Once Upon a Time in Hollywood is about the change of Hollywood, really in, in at the core of its, its story. It's in there and the change in times and, and the 60s and, and all the other great crazy stuff that are in there. In Nope, we get bits and pieces of that. The old time stuff that is still there. The horse farm is still there. They're, you know, they're... They, they trace their lineage back to literally the first film and all this other stuff. But yet, the spectacle, and this is what Jordan Peele was going for, that you see throughout this movie, there are times when there are um, references to Bible passages in which it talks about God saying the spectacle that you will see. It's the spectacle you will see. Yeah. It is referenced several different times subtly. But if you know that that's what it's referencing in the Bible about the idea of the spectacle. That's what you get. And the great part about it is it doesn't have to be hitting you in the face constantly. It just can live there. It can live right there. And if you don't see it, it doesn't impact your enjoyment of the movie. When you realize what, what they're doing, literally... Uh, what's his name says it. Um, um, he says at, at like uh, he says in one hour from now you will see the greatest spectacle. Uh, yeah. whatever, however, he says, "Is it right?" One hour from that point is the climax of the movie. <laughs> you don't have to know that. You don't have to know that it's exactly one hour from that point. But what happens is when he says that, and then you know all hell breaks loose, right? Literally. One hour from then, you are watching going, okay, this is, like, the end yeah. of this movie, it's just like, this is the spectacle. 
And it's so well designed and laid out that you don't even know you're seeing it at when you're seeing it the first time. Like you said, Chris, second watching of this movie, when you can reflect back on the movie, like, I'm, I'm not kidding. Like, Haley had said to me, Dad, I want to see this movie. I think I'd like it. Because she was very scared by the trailer for us. Not scared, like, oh, my God. Like, she's, like, unnerved by it. Because if, if you've never seen us, it is unnerving. It is not a, oh, it is not a pleasant movie at times. Um, but it's definitely unnerving. And I said to Haley, I don't know if you're going to like this movie. And she goes, why? I said, it's long. I said, I'm, again, not knowing going in. I go, it's long. I know how quick your attention span is comparatively to, and she's pretty good. But I said, if this turns out to be a slow burn, which of course it is, she's not going to understand it. It's going to be antsy time. She's not going to like it. Tune out, yeah. As you go through, the slow burn here has to exist. It has to. This movie could not be made upbeat. It, 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 it couldn't be bang, 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 bang. It can't do that. Can it have its moments? Yes. Could it have its comedy? It's real, you know, give you a laugh. So you, it takes you down to bring you back up. Yes. But that's why we are looking at somebody who is in, in three films. Cause his only he's only made three movies where, well, there's, there's the, I mean, well, I mean, obviously you can't really count like, Keanu and whatever, like those things that yeah. when they were doing comedy, right? When you look at Get Out and then Us, there's a, there's a clear, and not that anything wrong with Get Out. Get Out is terrifying as well, right? When you go from Get Out to Us, you're like, okay, this is pushing it a little more. And then instead of just saying, let me make the most, you know, something that's horrific and graphic and whatever, he literally goes and makes a very different kind of film that allows you to go, huh, like there's so much thinking that I need to do as part of what's here. It is, it is. Oh, well, I think the monkey, the monkey scene at the beginning also tells you, you're going to have to use your brain in this. You're going oh, yeah. oh, yeah. to have to start paying attention and remembering what happened because obviously something's going on here. And that's like, the thing about that is that's a, that gets, Luckily, we have his other movies, so we kind of trust him. But, like, everybody's been screwed so many times with movies with that mm-hmm. of, like, oh, something really interesting and challenging is going on here. And then by the end, it's all just a mess or it's all just, like, winding up in some, you know, very standard way and stuff. And, and you know, you get the it's all all sizzle and uh, but not yeah. You can, it's it's like Tarantino. Like Tarantino's another one. Like when I sit down, I like when I I sneak some steak sauce into the movie theater <laughs> with me because I know I'm eating steak tonight. You know, even if it's if this turns out to be like Jordan Peele's worst movie or Tarantino's worst movie, it's still gonna be like you know many times better than just like an average good movie. So it's like I look at it this way. It's so people, so good to have him around. <laughs> right. People always say to me. Uh, you know, and, 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 and to reference Tarantino is a perfect example. That's right. People always say, well, well, you know, God, I, I can't stand Jackie Brown. I hate that movie. I can't stand Jackie Brown. And Jackie Brown, for some people, might be Tarantino's worst film. Right. Some people feel that way. I like Jackie Brown because I like 70s uh, Black Lives Pacing movies. I like yeah. all those things. I love Pam Greer. The movie's got 
that movie's got sex appeal and sizzle in places where you know you think of like how could this happen right and some people look and they say well you know i i liked i didn't like kill bill part two i didn't like whatever you might say at no point is anyone saying this thing is so poorly made right this thing is so like you what might was not, you thinking yeah right. Yeah. You might not like the story. And there are people, I wish I was kidding, who have come out and said they did not appreciate Nope because it wasn't Get Out and it wasn't Us. Huh. And I think what happened was they were hoping for just like, I, I again, I don't know what they were. Again, I'm not them. I don't know what they were hoping for. But I think what, what I think what they were expecting was this was going to be like an alien movie where it's going to be, okay, there's, there's spaceships and whatever. And it is, but it's not. And it's not in the best possible ways. And that's why I think some people, if they look at it, because again, when you look at the ratings for this, it's, it's got great ratings overall and whatever, but some of the negative comments are like, I didn't understand what's going on. I, I don't know what they were trying to do. Oh not because God. it's, not made poorly, but because it challenged them in a way they didn't want. They, they weren't thinking that way. See, that's and, that's when they should just watch it again. But that's what yes. like, nobody has time like, to or, or wants to. But they're like, well, I didn't like it and I didn't understand it. And it's like, well, you know, I've had books like that where I've like gotten through them and been like, that was pretty good. I'm not sure really what like if I completely got what and then the second time I read it I was just like bam you know it hit and and sometimes stuff is made the good stuff is made to be like that like a lot of my favorite record albums of all time or you know albums by bands of all time of like you know one of your favorite bands comes out with an album and you're highly anticipating it you listen to it and you go like I don't know I don't think this is that good I don't know what to think about it and then like two months later you're like i love every song on this album you know it, it it's it's the good stuff sometimes has to sink in and be you but, know but, spend but, some time time has to be spent with it yeah and and that's the thing when uh and again i didn't i don't mean to say that there's people who are hating on this movie but there, there are some negative oh, yeah. there's people who don't like it for sure because it's not fast because it's a slow burn because it's whatever it's, but it's, it's split at my workplace, like half my like when the movie came out, like and everybody, everybody saw it, you know, like it was funny. The conversation would always because it's in a workplace and nobody's like you, everybody. Nobody wants to get really like salty about any kind of conversation like it's online or something. <laughs> so there'll always be one guy said, oh, I saw Nope last night and, it's, and like someone else would go, yeah, I saw it, too. And they'd be like. Yeah, what did you think of it? <laughs> I liked it a lot. Oh yeah, <laughs> but, that but sort of also, conversation. But about fifty percent of the, the workplace is like, oh yeah, I don't know. I, I just don't think it was really up to snuff. But the thing is that though too, and 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 Luke and I talk about this. I mean, Dad and I talk about it all the time on Bots, Bugs, and Bays. But Luke and I talk about this stuff too. There are movies made for different reasons, of course, and we all know that. Everyone, everyone knows there are certain movies that are made. For certain reasons, and there are movies made, you know, to make lots and lots of money, um, and there's movies made that are going to be always more. Um, I, I, I don't, again, art, I don't mean artistic in a in a bad way, but there are movies made with more thought and more put into it, 
And there's nothing wrong with that. And there's nothing wrong with the people who literally are chomping at the bit for Fast 10 to get here because right. they need the next Fast and the Furious. And I'm sure, and again, I have, I, those yeah, movies. I, make, and I'm, and yeah, I was going to say, I am one of those people. So. Yes. No, yeah. but I'm saying is right. right. And there's nothing wrong with that because I am going to guarantee you, I haven't seen Fast 10, obviously, because it's not out yet. But like that movie is going to be a fucking roller coaster. Like it's going to be all, like it's it's it's, it's never going to let up. But that's how that movie's made. Right. I'm right. Not, I'm not expecting. Nope. What well, if I like, went it's like Fast Pulp 10. Fiction and yeah. like uh, a, not like a fine literature novelist, but like a really good, solid novelist in Pulp Fiction, you know. And, but I mean, not a lot of people get a chance to get to where Jordan Peterson is, where you can take the time to do it. Or, or like, you got, like, Disney with the Star Wars movies where, like, they kind of fucked up their 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 first crack at the Star Wars, their own Star Wars trilogy by not giving the movies three years to be really worked on and thought about and, you know, made sure made sure that they were, like... To that quality you know they were trying to get them out like in two years instead of three or a year and a half or as quickly as possible right. and but yeah like if i mean it seems like hollywood like recognizes at least when somebody gets i think lessons were learned with a lot of and i think maybe the thing is one of the big things and just john carpenter in general where John Carpenter, like, people are like, wow, he's a really, you know, he's the new king of horror when Halloween came out. And people were actually even, like, comparing him to Hitchcock a little bit. But he was still just generally looked at as, like, you know, in the same way that Stephen King was. Like, oh, he's a very successful horror director, you know, but it's it's just basically good good crap. He's making good crap. And then the thing, like, was... You know, a quota. I I think the thing made money, but it just didn't did make not. a lot of it. It, it did it not. Did. The thing was a bomb. It was so, the one of the worst, worst one of the worst reviewed movies of the year. It was it was tanked, and the after, problem was yeah. And after it, that, he was never taken seriously as a filmmaker. I, he wasn't being called the new Hitchcock or anything. But now, you know, thirty some years later, forty years later, however many years later from the thing, forty years. It's it's considered, you know, a masterpiece of horror and he's considered a master of horror. And I think Hollywood has seen to some degree that when you find somebody who has that level of they know what they're doing and they have their vision, just fucking let them do it. Just yeah. let them do it. And like and that's worked for Tarantino and it, it's working yeah. for Jordan Peele. And hopefully and it sort of worked for David Fincher. Like yeah. that, none of you. You don't hear of any of these guys like being like Terry Gilliam and having to fight to not have uh, uh, somebody else graft a different ending onto the movie and shit like that. But so, it's only for like a top. <laughs> yeah, you know one one percent of one percent of filmmakers. But so I look at it this way: is we have these three films, right? And then we have, of course. Um, the 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 2021 version of Candyman, which Jordan Peele, again, he's he's very involved, but he put, brought in people who, uh, you know, obviously knew what they were doing and 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 
as we reviewed it when the movie we all loved it. Um, I think of it as like Poltergeist, you know, when Spielberg would when Spielberg would produce stuff, you know, and it would still be yeah, very, I mean, very Spielberg and Goonies stuff like that, you know. Yeah, well, the thing is, obviously, when when you well, I mean, I mean, if when you look at Poltergeist itself, you know, you definitely know that it it, it was uh, um, what's his Toby Toby Hooper, Toby Hooper, you know, kind of thing there. Um, but I know, like, if I'm looking, um, like. The next time that, like, uh, um, uh, Nia DaCosta, put, if she, next time she's she's attached to direct a movie, right? And let's say that the screenplay or that somehow Jordan Peele's involved in it. I know that even though that's not a Jordan Peele movie, right? I know that if if uh, if if, if DaCosta is going to be the director, because I mean I thought she did a masterful job with Candyman. Yeah. Um, I know that like she's in that world where the thought, the you know, the depth of what's there, we're going to produce something that even if the movie is, let's say, you know, turns out to be not as good as whatever or whatever it might be. This is going to be something that was crafted and designed. And yeah, I appreciate it. And, and candy, to... candy man was like, it's not it's not going to be. Nope because it's but but for the budget that it has it's it just like the original Candyman. it's way beyond yeah what would be expected in quality for that kind of movie and what is even frankly necessary for that kind of movie you know you don't have to do that and 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 the way i'm saying is so when you think about it whatever the next film is from jordan whatever jordan peele's next movie is whether it's him in the executive producer role him in the writer role, him in the director, you know, whatever it might be. The next thing, the next project he's involved in, as 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 a fan of his, you're gonna be interested. No matter what yes. you're gonna be like, okay, what is this, right? That that level of commitment, that level of thought, that level of um, you know, uh dedication to the craft is important. And yes, are, are are there directors that I love? I mean, I love Neil. Mar- I, um, Neil Marshall made uh, literally Dog Soldiers, then he made Descent, and then he's made a couple movies that aren't so great in there. But like, I love him, and anytime he's a, he's a, connected to something, I want to go yeah, see. You want to check I, it out? Yeah. Plus, I know he's going to give me something, even even if it's the new Hellboy, which a lot of people didn't like, and, I, and the new Hellboy is not as good as the original two Hellboys. But like, it wasn't boring it definitely was weird but it like but it was different right he's the director i like when i when i when i see jordan peele i'm like okay i know i'm gonna get something that's going to most likely it's not just gonna be quick consumed you know bite 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 and i'm done it's gonna have to be consumed and thought about and like whatever's here, and then and and then the uh, the layers when you start peeling back, it's like a parfait. There's layers, right? <laughs> you start peeling back uh, the layers there. It's like an onion, uh, but you know, um, sorry, a lot of Shrek references. You know, you start looking at what's there. There's so much more that we can appreciate yeah. and, and involve, and that's great because not every movie that I watch needs to do that for me. Not every movie needs to change my life. But I need movies sometimes to challenge me. Yeah. I need movies to push my buttons in, in a good and bad way. I need movies to make me think. And honestly, I mean, Luke and I sat and we went, because I had seen Candyman and then Luke and I watched it 
when we were together, um, when, when Luke was up here. And at the end of the movie, I, I turned to Luke and I said, because now this is my second time. And Luke goes, he's just thinking, right? LP, am I, am I on point here on this? Right? You know, at the oh, end of yeah. the movie. I mean, my, my statement was, my statement was, is that, you know, it's like, I'm still kind of processing what I watched here. Yeah. You know? And we talked about this when we did it. It's like yeah. that, that, you know, I'm such a fan of the original Candyman. I had no idea really what to expect with this, but it had such positive buzz. And then it's like, it, it's like, yeah, I'm, I'm still kind of noodling this over. I'm going to have, this is going to take me a couple of days. And I, nope and was I, and I went into it with low, because I, I really, I, I liked it and I enjoyed it, but I really had to think about it. And that's such a rare yep. thing nowadays. Yep. I, I went into it with low expectations too. Even I, I wasn't aware of any of the what buzz positive or negative, And I had just, I, I, I thought, well, it'd probably be solid. I didn't know even Jordan Peele was attached to it till I saw his name on the screen. And then I was like, oh, oh, yep. oh, 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 okay. Same with and, me. And, <laughs> and, uh, and I wasn't oh. disappointed either. And, and, and like, and that was another one that it hit me more like in the, it like the next day, like talking mm -hmm. to other people who'd seen it at work and being like, what did you think about, you know? And starting to think about it more and and realizing, well, wow, I'm I'm like my brain is handling this one about the same as the first Candyman movie, which I'd just seen, you know, the month before for the first time. So I was very excited to get and and just a, another thing I'd like to mention in this quality movie conversation is a movie like Nope has more to, like I hate the like this you know quality movie or a a movie that like when you're like a, sometimes I need a movie that makes me think most people are thinking of something like you know some movie movie with a big you know societal message or environmental message or you know uh, something on the you know on existential something some merchant ivory <laughs> sort of thing you know and it's like a movie like Nope communicates so much more stuff, but just not in a fancy vernacular or an old fashioned vernacular, just in, you know, modern filmmaking language mixed with, you know, classical, but modern characters and situations in an entertaining pop manner. But there are there's just way more to think about in that movie than say something like the piano, which is a good movie, but it, you know, it's a good movie because it's well-written and well-acted, but it's not going to linger with me and make me think about that. Maybe if I lived a similar life to like that 18th century, weird, rich person life, I, I could find something deep in it. But like, Movies like Nope are like the perfect communication medium in in cinema where they like are that mix of entertainment and stuff to think about. But the stuff to think about is like, you know, some people it's going to go right over their heads, you know, and there's and if and if you're one of those people, the movie isn't going like, oh, you're not gonna, you know, enjoy this. You could still get a a, a Jaws-like experience, you know, an action movie-like experience, and you know, it's yeah, it's the the greatest shit in the world. <laughs> I'm very, I I just got so excited watching this the second time. I've like got so way more notes than I've written on a lot of movie. A lot of the movies I just like 
remember the stuff I want to say. This one, I was like, oh, I better jot this down. I better jot this down. Yeah, I didn't even have to jot anything certainly down. A lot, certainly a lot going me. on that you need to keep track of. So Yeah. Yeah. So. yeah. Well, I don't know about you guys, but maybe we should get on our horses and hit that old dusty trail to the <laughs> next episode. <laughs> Uh, I've got the bald head, so I'll just paint the I eyes on too. my back of the head. And okay, yeah. so so Hero and I'll paint pupils on each of our eyes, and it'll be just one giant eyeball to 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 scare it off well, like a moth. Well, well, oh, I thought you were making a Shane reference for a second. I'm like, we're dead. We're just slumped over on the horses, leaving. Oh shit! Yeah. Is it Shane or is it El Cid? You yeah. Have to call. Yeah. Oh god. Oh, I was. I was just thinking of the road, war- road, the road warrior where they set you backwards on a horse with a Mardi Gras head on and just yes. slap its ass. Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> so, uh, oh, so, oh, real quick. I'm sorry, uh, because I usually am the guy with the stuff. Uh, obviously, Nope is readily available on Blu-ray and DVD and all that stuff like that. Um was- all over the place. It, it was on Peacock, and then it was off Peacock, and then I think it's now back on Peacock. Um, I think it's on HBO Max. Is actually where where Nope is at right now. I want to okay. say where, wherever saying, it is, I'm, it's I'm, worth your five right, bucks rental. Yeah, I'm saying we're seeing right here. It says yeah. watch Peacock. So, uh, so okay, as, well, as, as of recording, but it was on Peacock. Then it went off. Remember, and then I think HBO Max got it, but it might be back. It doesn't matter. It's it's available. So if you, you haven't seen it, get it from the it, hobo, or you can get it from the cock. Well, well big cock. Anyway, I'm just saying. Yeah. Well worth your time if you've seen it and you're, and you're thinking like, oh man, like these guys are bringing up some good points. Watch it again. I know it's two hours plus, but literally, it's worth the time to sit down and watch it. Yeah. Will, and when you when you watch it, why don't you send us your thoughts, freakvault yes. at gmail.com. Yes. We can talk about it here on the show. We hunt yeah. for it. I think we may have an email. Um, you know, I, I, I don't think we're going to get into it right now. I do think we have one in the inbox. But please, send us your thoughts on, on Nope or any of the movies we cover. We'd, we'd love to yeah. get some feedback and talk about it here on the show. Yep, sounds great. Well, yeah. <laughs> well that's my cue to exit. <laughs> 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 but wait, I'm about to give bon- Bongo his balloon. <laughs> the the best is that like when you if you look at the sign language, the monkey, the the monkey, the 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 um, the chimp signs to him. He signs what happened, family. Like that's what he literally signs. Oh like, no, he, no, Bo, he no. Ask them what happened to the family. Oh, that's, no. that's the depth we're talking in this thing. Trust me, those things like that. He, he when he signs to him, what happened, family? Because he doesn't know that he just murdered them. Oh, poor monkey. There. Well, they, you know, they they made a mistake with that show. They two of the three things you don't want to do in Hollywood: children and animals, and you put them together. Children and animals and rain. Yeah.
visit our website at twotruefreaks.com. Two True Freaks is always spelled T-W-O-T-R-U-E-F-R-E-A-K-S. You can email Two True Freaks directly at twotruefreaks at gmail.com. Two True Freaks and all of its excellent affiliates are available on iTunes, and you can choose to subscribe to either the entire network if you wish, or pick whichever individual shows you want to follow. We have so many shows to choose from, there's just bound to be one that appeals to your particular fandom. Just search Two True Freaks with an exclamation mark at the end, space, and the number two. You can find Two True Freaks on Facebook. Just search for Two True Freaks. If you ever leave your house and you actually have friends, why don't you tell them about Two True Freaks? If you've enjoyed our show, please, won't you take a moment to rate us on iTunes? That helps others find the show, too. Thanks for listening. And join us every Monday for new episodes of Two Two True True Freaks. He was a one-eyed.